0: Before today's podcast starts, it's Craig Fowler here with a little heads up. We ran into some technical problems for this show. So you're about to hear Tony Anderson, Craig Anderson, Graham Thulis doing our typical Monday. I know it's now Tuesday, but this is due to our technical problems. Monday review of the Scottish top flight matches. They were going to be going through all six, as Tony will say in his intro. Unfortunately, midway through, talking about the fifth game, which was Motherwell's victory at St. Johnson, Tonu's audio stops recording for whatever reason, and he is just not present at all for the rest of the show. We can't get his... We've had a look in terms of the backups on Riverside. We can't find his audio at all. It just seems to have stopped recording for whatever reason. So we're having to cut the main show at around about the hour mark and midway through that fifth game. However... I'll then insert a quick roar, a wee crowd roar for fans of the terrace. So we'll know, especially longer term listeners will know used to do it quite a lot. And then there will be a discussion with Tony and Joel Sked, which was recorded this morning, this Tuesday morning, discussing the Aberdeen-Hibs game, which even though it was a 0-0, and that's why it was going last, obviously had big ramifications in the hunt for third place and European football in general. So, Just thought I'd let you know what the script is for this show, but it should be a belter anyway, and I hope you enjoy it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the
1: perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends.
3: to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I'm your host Tony Anderson and today we are going to be running over all six of Saturday's games in the Scottish Premiership where Rangers put a marker down for the n- next season where Celtic actually did stop, contrary to popular belief. And Ross County put Dundee United to the bottom of the league and Kilmarnock continued... Their fight against relegation while Livingston forget that the season's even going on. And I'm joined by Graham Phyllis, who's going to talk me through Kevin Van Veen, who, even when he misses, he scores, Graham.
2: He does, yes, Tony, he does. How are we? I am fantastic. Thanks very much for asking.
3: And also joining me to talk through this, the man whose home form is going to poo-poo everything that I've thought all year. It's Craig Anderson. Hi, Craig.
4: Hi, Tony. How are you doing? It's not my home form. I mean, I'm, I do think I do you are
3: Kilmarnock, though, in this. Church,
4: you are Kamara. You represent everything come a car.
2: And fair play, Craig. I mean, I presume it's mainly home games that you get to. So I suppose it is your home form.
4: I mean, that's that's certainly true. I can't I can't dispute that um, that aspect of it. And I was I was noticing that um, the the only teams that have uh, lost fewer home games than Kelly this season are, are Rangers and Celtic, both with zero. So you've got
3: the <laughs> so you've got the, the sort of premium season ticket for. For for a season, then this is outside the old firm.
4: Well yeah, I think I think several other teams have also lost four, I should say, but uh, nobody's, mm. nobody's lost less. Um but yeah, um and and I uh, three of the four are uh, are Rangers and Celtic games. So it's like <laughs> uh Levy were the only ones that the other team that have beat us at Rugby Park this season, um the first time we played them. So it's uh, it's been, it's been an interesting... I think I think I saw someone on on Twitter saying like if uh, if you just watched us at home this season like you'd, you'd be wondering why everyone was moaning.
3: Because <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I've i personally as I say every week I've heard you're relegated every second week basically just every time you play away from home I'll come on and say you're say you're done. But um, I suppose you've you got let's just start with let's just start here let's just start at Comanic. But were you there firstly, Craig?
4: Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, um, and. <sighs> To be honest, I've I've, I've been in most of the home games this season and this was probably apart from apart from the two Celtic games, the worst we've played at home all season, I would say. For for the first half, especially the first half was dreadful. But fortunately Kelly were bad, Livingston were, were miles worse, worse with the exception of Joel Newbley, I would say. Feel like feel like he still had that. he was like a, he was out to avenge our bro from last season and and and, and nobody else cared. <laughs> that was the
3: vibe I got off Levy. Where do we? Eat? I mean, we'll, we'll we'll go into Kilmarnock a bit, but I know that like, people might say that Livingston are the sort of least important thing going on. But just we, we keep perusing over them because they've got nothing to play for. But like, how bad is this actually getting, Graham? Where are we? I mean, Martin Dale looked like he was proper exasperated
2: in his post-match presser. I'd like. Uh, I always quite enjoy, it's been a rarity that I've actually been on two Monday pods consecutively. Um, but yeah, it's, um, like I was saying last week, I always feel like Martindale's management's kind of on a knife edge and it feels very much like, like I said last week, that it's tipped right off that into the into the bad place. they are now seven away losses in the bounce, I think is mm. right. Without a goal? Yeah. A, 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 without an away goal in the league since the 14th of January, which was <laughs> quite a while ago. Um it's a, a team where it looks like the the, sort of the the big parts of that team as well that you're looking at is like uh, Devlin, Fitzwater, Omionga, and Nubly are the sort of the four sort of you're really looking at them as, as kind of being your spine to the team, possibly the, the addition of like Holt or Pittman onto that as well. And I kind of feel like all of them are going to be away. And if all of them are going to be away, then realistically, I mean the they're all already away now, it feels yeah, like. It kind of feels like they're all phoning it in. They don't really have the squad depth to just be like, well, we'll just drop these guys and 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 mm. front, See see what else with the rest of the, the remaining squad members have. Because he don't really have the depth to be able to do Did, that. And does does that end up putting Martin Dale in this position where
3: it bleeds it next season by their players where sort of like his management can be almost questioned because he's he he sort of loses authority with if players are able to behave this way. Uh, and, and sort of get away with it because his hands are tied. Does that sort of bleed into next season
2: and become an issue for him sort of long term? No, nah, I don't think so. I, su- I suspect with with them gone, it will be a, a summer which is very much focused on the sort of um, sort of character side of recruitment and how they're going to be doing that there as well. And guys like Shinny or Holt are not going to let you down in that sort of way. There was, right. uh, Shinny was in the press the other day saying that he's reveling in sort of the leadership role he's had in the team and it's not a... Not, 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 not even in just in a playing sense, but off the field, he, he really feels like he's, uh, he really feels like he's, he's, he's growing into that role, and he's really going to enjoy that, and that's something about he's a big part of. I presume he's kind of edging his way towards the end of his career, and he's thinking, well, I'm going to end up trying to be a coach or a manager, somewhere along the line here. So that's probably thought. Noobly, so I better start like, acting the sound exactly. Nubly, Nubly, it looks and sounds like he's very much uh, on his way elsewhere for a for a fee. You would imagine, which maybe gives him a little bit of budget. I mean, I know they spent money on Shamal George in the summer, which. I can't. Which they got well, they got spawned I know he I know he wasn't covering was himself right, in glory in the first goal. I was right about to, right to say on on almost like a week-to-week basis, I changed my mind as to whether I think that's a good good bit of money spent <laughs> or a bad bit of money spent. I suppose that's what a what a 25-year-old goalkeeper is in a lot of cases. Um so I, I don't think it's a long-term problem, but it is it does mean that they have to get the recruitment right in the summer. And it's dead easy to be like, oh, Livvy always get the recruitment right, they always Turn up with players that no one else sees coming, and they get an awful lot of a tune out of them. But there's also quite a lot of churn at Livingston mm. as well. Like while the while the the good ones are stars, and you're looking at guys like Newplay in there as well, and being able to sort of have someone with this sort of character and quality, of Jason Holt around the, the the club for that length of time, and Devlin kind of coming from lower leagues as well. And it, it, there's, there's always a, a level of, of of something there with them. But there's also a whole number of other guys. Like, you're like your Lars Lococh, Lars who <laughs> did, did absolutely nothing there, and various other ones that appeared for 20 minutes and then had a cup of coffee and then were away up the road. So it is, it is a worry, certainly. Um, that said, if you were to pick any of the 12 teams before the season kicks a ball to scrap their way to 10th place in the league, it's always going to be Livingston. So mm-hmm. yes and no. Yeah, because my, my biggest worry
3: is that they, they end up uh, that just eventually it all catches up on you. This yeah, is you like, just, yeah, you just, can't just eventually, could, don't, and then we get this example. And I'm going to come to you now, Craig, because you were there. We spoke previously in private about De Lucas. Uh, I, I, the first time I saw him, I thought I was like,
2: oh, <laughs> in, "This guy is." I love you. I love you. Say it in private as if it's <laughs> <conversation>. <laughs> yeah.
3: But uh, I was appalled when I saw him the first time. Uh, and and. I don't think it got any better. No,
4: well, he was he was dreadful. Um, I hadn't seen him. I'd seen you and Joel had both watched them once, I think. And and, mm. I, and I trust both of your opinions on on defenders, especially. I feel like <laughs> uh, Joel Joel Sked is an excellent judge of uh, of terrible centre halfs. He's <laughs> yeah, seen, seen enough of them at Hearts over the years, but um, yeah, De- De Lucas was. He's like a big guy, and he he looks like he could be a player. He's got like in a build, he's tall, he's quite He's quite skinny which is obviously not that common, or he looks skinny anyway for a, a centre half but he looked like he could be comfortable on the ball the rest of it, but as soon as uh, Kyle Vassell went near him he, he did not have a clue how to handle him and he must train against Joel Noobly, now Joel Noobly is even more of a handful than, than Kyle Vassell is but uh, <laughs> he, he did not seem to have any idea how to um how to handle um. How, Vassell, you saw it for the chance that Kelly had in the first half where it was a really nice um, nice flick on from Dodge and Vassell starts out like on the right-hand side of the Lucas and somehow ends up in goal side on the left-hand side of him. And it was one of those where... And I think it was true for the second goal. I don't know if that was the Lucas. Sorry, for the first goal that Vassell scores. Both times, the, like just naturally, it doesn't feel like Vassell should be getting those balls. Like There's something about it um, where you're like... He's got himself into a position where he, he looks second favourite when Dodge wins the flick-ons, um, or, or plays it plays it round the corner, and and he he gets himself into that position, and it was kind of like that. It was very sluggish at the back from Levy, but yeah, DeLucas was um, I don't think Fitz, Fitzwater's had a good season at all either. But yeah. um, yeah, the pair of them, the pair of them made it, it made life very easy for Kelly because. Kelly were a bag of nerves in the first half and uh, like yeah, that was what it was um, the crowd was quiet um, I think it was a bit nervy obviously from that point of view and then that, that definitely because this is like a on.
3: sort of this is like a sort of it was Kermanic are so good at home this is like the must have three points kind of because because of your home fault and playing Livingston who everyone's beaten it is sort of like it is feel nervy when you're not a particularly good team but you're in a position where you know you're massively the favourite and it's huge part of your, your season.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it felt like. And, and I think you saw I um, think it was on sports scene. There was a, a high ball in, early on and two defenders went for the same ball. And then you had uh, Joe Wright getting booked for pulling back Nubli, like in the centre circle when he's like, running across the pitch. And then probably being quite lucky to escape a second booking in the sense that he was starting to grapple with Nubli in a very similar position, although with Nubli actually going towards Go a bit more, and basically Kyle Vassell just arrived out of nowhere and just like barged them to the ground instead. <laughs> and so he he got the he got penalised for the foul, and uh, Wright kind of got away with the tug. But not um, that the tug looked like it was starting. But there was just that kind of nerve and um, going through. And there was a few times where Dorset and um, Mayo in particular, who are both guys that I would say are confident on the ball, typically not necessarily good, but confident. <laughs> um, <laughs> both, like, had the ball in kind of acres of space and kind of, like, froze. And, and I, I said with Mayo in one incident in particular, it kind of reminded me of um, that Jack Henry against Partick Thistle thing mm. where he's just, like, standing looking about and it had that vibe of a, a potentially very frustrating afternoon. And then second half, to be fair, I don't know if Livy just got worse or not, but it, it felt like McInnes or, or someone had... Uh, Basically said, you know, you're you're chucking your chances away here, and they came back out in the second half, and were miles was better. I mean, can, it's, a bit, can, it's,
2: can a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a rarity for Kelly this game on a whole, and that there's there can't be many games this season for Kilmarnock have gone into being the favourites, um, in terms of coming at the game and, and and a real expectation to not just get points at the game, but to go and take the game and win the game as well. It's just it's it's a real shift. I mean, I, I don't I don't doubt Derek McInnes sets up his team to win games, but. The majority of games you come up against for this course of the season has been a case of getting through it. And then this one, which is, as Tony rightly says, the rules are a pressure game. We've got to take the three points here. Um, so it's, it's a totally different thing to ask a team to do.
4: Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it did feel a bit like that, like they've forgotten how to, how to do that. It's hard though, because like all the games at home, we even every, everyone we've played at home, to be honest, apart from uh, Celtic and Rangers, we have taken the game to them. It felt, to be honest, like we were one attacking player shot when the 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 lineup got announced. Our, our creative player anyway, because you've got Deutscher and Vassell up front. I think a good partnership, to be honest, mm-hmm. for for where we are. And then um, Armstrong, and then the other three in the midfield is. Um, like Watson's got good legs, him, him and Donnelly's a good part. Don Donnelly had a really good game, one, one of the best. I was played, gonna,
3: but. I, wanted, I wanted to ask this because when you look at the two formations and who's involved in both teams, so you're sitting there playing a 4 4 2 with Watson and Donnelly in the center midfield, and then Livingston are playing essentially five central midfield players and whole the two Kellys, Pittman. And shiny. I know they're all in slightly used differently, and some are inverted. And blah blah blah. But it's the, the Christmas. That Christmas seems, it sounds like to me that you should be getting absolutely murdered in the middle of that park
4: on any other given day. But I, I don't think like a lot of those players just didn't impact the game, so they, mm. they weren't. They were there. Kelly is uh, much bigger than I remember him being, but uh, he's uh, Sean. Sean Kelly, but um, now nah, they... the. The good thing with Watson, and I thought he probably had his poorest games since he came into the team for Kelly. Just one Young Player of the Year last night. Not that there would have been uh, much competition, to be honest. Also, <laughs> oh, that's not fair because uh, like some of the the young boys else, are on loan. He was young, yeah. Is
0: not?
4: He's like twenty two, twenty three. So I don't know if you would count. But like Chambers, who who's came in as a fullback, and Chris Henn, who who played in the first half of the season for the they're both young as well. But um, it's always harder to give it to Lonie, but he's he's been just that spark of energy, that kind of verticality in the midfield. Um, He didn't have his best game, but he saw that with that flick from Vassell and he's the one busting past the midfield to get onto the header um, in the first half. But between him and and Donnelly, who goes between having these games where he's a really good screen and really physical and gets stuck in and also he's a good passer of the ball in games where he he just goes missing and this fortunately was, was one of the former um, made a big difference but to be honest the, the player that got the goal in the first half is the player that deserved the goal like Vassell I I was critical of the decision to give him a two year deal since he got that contract with two games he's been superb he's led the line oh. brilliantly and you can see maybe it's just fitness because obviously he came over in January having played in like the, the pub leagues in America basically like the USL Pro or something having previously he got a lot of goals in that um, which which I think says a lot about the standards. Cause I don't think he'll be scoring a lot of goals for Kelly ever. Um, but he um he seems to maybe be a bit more up to speed now. And, and he's a he's a character, and he's a big um big, big energy, big physicality, and leads the line from the front really well. And and the type of forward that I, I like watching when he's playing like that and. We just need probably two more performances like that from him, and that'll be enough.
2: <laughs> I, I think what worth, worth a, a two-year deal. So absolutely, I
3: right. for playing four games. I think McInnes is is, is is pragmatism really came through in the second half of the season with with the signing of a sell. He he probably just realised I've only got Armstrong really as a creative force. I've not really got enough midfielders, even if I play three in there that I'm going to dominate anyway. So why not just go with two? Fucking huge handfuls up front, go back to front, get balls into the box. Like if I've only got one way of scoring, double up on it and, and make it a, a point. And I think, uh, and that probably took half the season to. So obviously, you start off with the season, you don't realise it's going to end up that way. You realise you probably don't have the quality that you maybe hoped you did, and then it's worked it out pretty quick. And Vassell. Maybe for Kamarnik's situation, who you could afford is probably worked to as maybe as smart and as good as it could have possibly got.
4: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, I might be eating my words on him and I'd be be happy to. And okay. they just, I, I shout to to Chambers who I mentioned earlier. I um, just came out today that he turned down the chance to go and play at the under twenty World Cup for England um, in order to stay and kind of see out the relegation battle. So I think that tournament starts tomorrow. And um, he'd been in the England under-20 squad before or under-80, like whatever age groups. And he he'd, he'd, he's on one from Liverpool. And um, he's obviously play. decided to do it. And, and yeah, you don't have to do there that. Because there'd be some
3: and, arrogant twats for down south who definitely would just say that means more to their career than but, here. Definitely these people exist.
4: Yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't blame a player, to be honest. It's like, mm. uh, he's, he doesn't owe Kelly anything, but he's obviously come in, he's obviously enjoyed it. And... He saw his wee, he, there's, there's a talent there. I don't think he's going to play for Liverpool, but he said there's a talent. He's there. not, no, no, <laughs> but um, but you, you might have said that with some lonies that have come up here before, and then you never know. But uh, but,
3: but I mean, Nathan Wood, I think's now a captain of an English Championship team, or so I can't do it with Joe <laughs> Warrell, Joe Warrell, <laughs> the <a>
4: premiership <laughs>
3: player, <laughs> yeah. So maybe who am I to say, but, um,
4: but uh, that, is, that, that was yeah,
3: but let's move on, and Graham. You, I think it was me that said, "Dundee United don't need to panic. Uh, they just need to keep doing what they're doing." Maybe two weeks ago when they got a defeat, and now um, they're in real, real fucking bother again. And all the horrors of earning in the season just came
2: tumbling back on Saturday. So I'm kind of wary about what I say here, given that every time <laughs> we speak about Dundee United and and, and castigate them and, and suggest that that's them in bother or in trouble, uh, they
3: And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: And you don't want that to happen, so you're going to watch your mouth. And I I don't want that to happen because (laughs) I want to hashtag Relegate United. Um, However, that said, they were absolutely fucking disastrous on Saturday. Like, I... I had a quiet Saturday evening, as the majority of my Saturday evenings are. So, we're sitting down watching the watching the the sports scene highlights. Um, I think before anyone else in the rest of the group chat, I'd managed to get to, and we generally just like dropping it at the group chat, being like, "Has anyone seen this fucking United <laughs> defending? <'Cause laughs> You're doing of, it again!" My <laughs> I
4: said, I said the exact same message like uh, midnight last night, because that was when <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> Goodness
2: gracious, me! And like, I do, I have. I I have a smidgen, the tiniest tiniest smidgen, that you can imagine of sympathy for the United support. Not much, granted, just the tiniest amount. Given that they were they were having the celebration for the the, the nineteen eighty three uh, league win inside, some of them who have sadly departed already, which feels mental. Given that it was nineteen eighty three, it's not actually all that long ago. Um, and they were parading them around the pitch and a huge turnout on the day. They'd gone for a full display and everything there. And we'll get on to this a little bit when we talk about the Aberdeen game as well. Where like Stuff like that, when you're in the position they're in, always feels like it's only going to go one way. It's <laughs> yeah. only ever going to go one way. I did not expect it to go one way within a minute. I did not expect it to go that way with a fucking Jordan White hat trick. <laughs> but they were so poor. And like again, it's i I've really enjoying being on a consecutive Monday podcast because sort will of continue thoughts that he had a week previously. Mm. But we said we saw Mulgrew getting sent off last week. At the time, again, Mulgrew getting sent off. It, it, to me, it was a, a stone or a red card. I had no question with that. And it's not just a problem... For that game, it becomes a problem for this game as well because it means you then need to return to Ryan Edwards, who mm. is just whether he's injured, whether he's not playing well, whether there's whatever is, he's, he's just not at it. He's miles and miles after, um, turning up in a morning and a night shot halfway through the game and stuff like that. Like he's just <laughs> so so far off it for United and Jordan White is a limited player who has. A couple of very strong talents, and he just absolutely battered them, um, sort of from start to finish in the game. United got the penalty to get themselves back in the game, which again felt it it was it barely stemmed the tide of what was Mm -hmm. Ross County dominant in a game. And the worst thing about it is, it's the best thing. It's the best and the worst thing within the split. And that if you're Ross County, you're immediately you have momentum because all you need at this point in the season is if you get back-to-back wins you're basically safe Mm -hmm. nobody else like other teams are not put if you get that run together just back-to-back wins you're basically dragging yourself out of it County gaining that momentum through this game by absolutely leathering United United, again again. the second time this season and then having United having to come back probably with the easiest fixture that they'll get out of the bottom six against Livingston next week if they get nothing there they're done I, I, I can't I can't see, even with Kilmarnock's atrocious away form, I don't see United doing enough in order to do it. Like, <laughs> Motherwell mother, mother on the final day is going to be essentially how many goals does Van Veen need in order to break whatever fucking record he's breaking? Made up record. Yeah.
4: The record.
2: Just the record, doesn't matter <laughs> what it is. It will be a day of us trying to get him a goal. We are a better side than they are. Like they, I think they're in real, real trouble. And I, I, it really, from reading what their fans are saying as well, I feel like they've kind of they've chucked it as well at this point. I just I can't, When you're chucking young boys like McLeod into the game in order to get something out of it, just you're starting him in the game in order to get some sort of kick out of it. When Edwards is there, you, Mulgrew is off doing a fucking a night with Michael Lustig the night before, like two nights before they're in Like, I just, I can't, I can't see how they get out of it. I think they're, they're in a real mess and it's, it realistically, is just all of the, all of the decisions you're making, all of the consequences coming at
4: once. I think like that first goal is, um you always, you always know you're in for a treat on the sports scene when they show the kickoff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um It's either
2: there's going to be a minute's silence for something, a minute's <laughs> applause <laughs> on what we've got.
4: And that might get ruined, so that might be entertaining. Um, but but that, I, there seems to have been quite a few very, very early goals this season. Obviously, Kelly were on the, the receiving end of, a couple of weeks ago, up at the and, and there's been a few, but this one it obviously goes out for the corner. And then, Round the back post, it's it's Baldwin and someone else. I think it's two two county players. I can't remember. Is it? I can't who it was even. But there were two county players round the back, unmarked. Uh, whoever wins the header flicks it across the goal, and then White is six foot five centre forward in the penalty box, about three yards out, also unmarked. And you're like that. That's not tiredness. That's like <laughs> thirty it's seconds into the game. Yeah. <laughs> It's, but this, if, if a corner goes
3: that deep and no one's picking up him, and how's there nobody in the middle bit? Because the, the players all have to be situated somewhere and they're not there and they're not there. Where are
2: they? There are, f- there are there are basically five United players marking uh, Alex Samuel in the, in, in the 6 year
4: no, box. Noted aerial threat, Alex
2: Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are two county players standing at the back post. Is it, is in, it like a...
3: Is it like a, 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 are they trying to do zonal marking? Is that really what it is? And it's totally, totally went against that. I mean, because Scott McMahon had an absolutely woeful game as well. He got the, the sort of, the Edwards poison sort of seeped into him uh, for, for the game. And he looked all over the shop uh, on the highlights. It was, they, they would Every time the ball went around there, he looked at fault and he looked confused and he looked tired and struggling and just, Jordan White he scored a hat-trick from a combined 10 yards then just like just batting the ball into the net and, and it just it's just they, they seem to have sort of, I wasn't thinking that Dundee United wouldn't lose again I just thought we'd maybe put aside like getting absolutely humped by Ross County <laughs> at home with with absolute shambolic defending like gave like slipping on his arse when his
4: fucking hell
3: like, it's just like I thought we'd put all of that that behind us. And because even when they lost to St. Johnson last week, you know, it's it was just a defeat, you know, these things sort of happen, but then this, it's like that one thing's knocked them off their stride and all, all the PDSDs come flooding back in and the, in and the, in and their shambles again. And, and if th- that's been a large part of their season, so if that's reared its head again now, then, I mean, it's hard to see them just ridding themselves of that right away. What
2: I would say is that it's, uh, in order to continue his his record, uh, Stephen Fletcher will score against Livingston, which I think makes him perfectly a one and three striker this season. Um, which like, <laughs> some things promised. are important. It's what, it was what was promised he would be a one in three striker, and that's exactly what you're going to get. Out of. <laughs> Unfortunately, the rest of the team hasn't been able to hold up anywhere near their side. Correct. of the of the bargain, but
3: he has I mean, <laughs> I'd like to give Ross County more more credit, uh, and and I think their second half performance they really did dominate and they ran. Over the top of them, but it's it's hard to look not look past the the sort of defending. Um, so I don't think we can get too overly excited and about Ross on, County
2: on, on that as well. Like, the County having kind of finally feels that like they've got just about everyone fit, mm-hmm. which with three games to go is uh, a wild scenario it would be in. But it just feels like they've kind of finally got everyone fit and even just like half an hour ago like you're you're too one to the good you really need to just stretch the game. and you're able to turn to somebody like simon murray off the bench and you, mm-hmm. you look at the united bench and you're looking at glenn middleton who's not really noted for hard running hard working man you want in the trenches like arnold Jume, Kieran freeman like uh the, your, your boy Cujo, who looks like a talented player but it's just it's just not. It's a PlayStation player at the moment. He's tiny. He's tiny.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> these. There's there's no one to turn to in that squad. There's no one that you can look at. And I've I've got all the time of the world for, for, for guys like Simon Murray who are well aware of where their talent begin, begins and ends. and know that know that absolutely fine. Would I take I take five of him over like one Glenn Middleton on, mm, on the absolutely position, in, in the position that they're in? Simply in the basis, not slightly Glenn Middleton. He's a good player on his day. But the position that both teams are in, you, that's the players that you need to turn to. That's the players that you need to drag yourselves over the line. And ultimately, that's what dragged County over the line in in, in this game as well. I also just want one more thing as well. I would like to just quickly highlight uh, Noan Kenna's cross. Oh, wow. <laughs> which might be the worst cross I've ever seen in my entire
3: life. He cannot kick the ball properly. It, like, in, in terms of like his, his, his... For a guy who's come from the English like the academies, you know, the other 23s at Leeds. And he was sold as like quite a, a a talented player that it was like a bit of a coup that he was coming up here. And I'm like, but he can't even kick the fucking ball properly. It, and and I'm not actually, saying he doesn't have any other
2: attributes, but that is one that you just do not expect. And I might, like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Because I meant to actually, I meant to check it on Wisecout. I didn't, I didn't get the chance. So my apologies for this if I'm wrong. It might actually have been his first touch. <laughs> he, came, <laughs> he, came, he came off the bench and then immediately assisted that. And ultimately, they all count. It doesn't count any less because it was the worst cross of all time. <laughs> because it was the worst cross of all time. But yeah, I just—if it, you haven't seen it, please do go dig out the highlights because it is—it's astonishing in how bad it is. He yeah. done that. Sorry, right. he done. He done that one. He done that one at Parkhead when
3: Celtic scored against Ibs when he tried to kick the ball forward and he slapped it and it went behind him and Celtic just picked up the ball and ran through the middle and scored. <laughs>
4: I think with that one, it's almost like you can forgive the defending because, like, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's no way they send on half expecting what yeah. we go there. And right. it's, uh, but yeah, that, that I, I county county are such an enigma of a team uh, like, because, yeah. like, see, like Kelly, it's like, well, they're going to win a lot of games at home and be fucking terrible away, and you know what you're getting, and that's been pretty much through the season. County go through these spells for away from home they they just turn up and get battle places, and then they they've beaten like every other team in that relegation battle like three and four now. And mm. it's like, you really don't know what you're getting from them. And it's um...
3: like, cause you get periods where like they're, they're the third best defensive team in the league and stuff like that, even though they're sitting, they were sitting like bottom of the league. So okay. and then you, when you look through it, like I, I like a lot of the, the team. I like, I like Yakoviti. I like Baldwin. I like Latoury. I like Danda. I know that Jordan White can do a job in this league. Like I mentioned Simon Murray, like there's loads that you can l- like about the team, but then, it's just it has like quite abysmal off days. It's all Connor it, Randers' fault. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I've never been a, a big Randers man. Uh, I'll be. I'll be fair. But talking of Randers, let's go to Ibrox um, and Rangers. Totally blew Celtic away there. But it didn't matter. But let's maybe try and keep that context. Maybe away for a wee bit of a laugh in two minutes, and maybe talk about Rangers. Um, as they get their first win, and obviously Todd Cantwell, I think, is the best place to start here, Craig, because he was absolutely tremendous.
4: Yeah, he was um, He was everywhere, and, and he obviously gets the, the goal, which is, um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some terrible defending, which which helped him in, in that first goal, but um, he is that type of player that on an afternoon where things start going right for him, he gets better and better for it. And he's a, he's very much a confidence player, and a player that thrives off the crowd and thrives off the. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah, it's like he, he thrives off the. I was going to say the kind of the, the state of the game, the way the game's going. If the game is going for him, then he'll he'll um, get in there, and then it's, he will have days like that Scottish Cup semi final and like that game at Aberdeen, both of which he was absolutely atrocious. And um, but when he turns up. He, he was unplayable for Celtic and he was not, they couldn't decide what to do with him. They they could they tried to foul him. He was getting away. He's a squirmy player. He, he's actually quite hard to kick. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then he would pick the passes. He was shooting. He was getting himself beyond the forwards. And it's a hard player not to like when he plays for your team and the fans of every other team in the league will, will despise him. And, and I'm already mm-hmm. kind of finding myself not, Liking them, and I can't quite put my finger on why, but um, nonetheless, like the performance he turned in, I thought it was it was probably the best Rangers performance I've seen in one of these games in a, in a long time for for an individual player. I mean,
2: yeah, I and think that- I, I totally agree with you. Like he he. He very much feels that like he gets a thrill the more that the more people are annoyed at him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that sort of ultimate sort. That's not a bad thing as a Rangers not, player. Not, not at all. Like, don't don't wind him <laughs> up because if you wind him up, he's only it's only going to improve his play ultimately. So no, I I totally agree with you. He was he was very very good, um, but yeah, just the, I, I do enjoy I always enjoy those players who just look at the. Or, or you think I'm a prick? Do you? That's even better. <laughs> just like yeah. immediately getting given the mouth, and you, again, we've had a lot of that with Van Veen this year as well. Like the, the more, the more you go at them, the more that you get out of them. The more they're motivated to to go. But I, I, I thought it was absolutely. I'm, I'm a big Cantwell
3: fan, as you've probably noticed. If you listened to the last uh, few weeks, even since he's come in, I, I just like I like everything about him really, uh, and I like that style of player that that, that, that Graham's touching on there, and. I was saying on the, the 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 top twelve midfield pod about how they'll use Cantwell. I think you I think they'll bring in I thought Raskin was pretty good. I thought he definitely had his best game in a Rangers shirt there. And it was nice to see Ryan Jack back. Um because I thought that was possible and finished. And I think he's now been given a, another year deal. So you might see this midfield quite a lot next season. But I think they will bring in another sort of lock picking sort of midfielder like someone who plays properly in an attacking role then you might see Cantwell drop in and then Raskin playing that sort of sitting role when it's the Scottish Premiership and then Cantwell playing the 10 role in the Champions League or Europa League and obviously like in this game against Celtic where he can use his pressing ability as well as his, his obvious sort of sort of talent but let's start the slagging and, and let's start with Kobayashi Graham
2: uh, I think I, this game's quite. I found this game quite interesting because, much like you say about Rangers, you, you feel like you're getting a wee bit of a vision into what next season is going to be for Rangers. Mm. You also got a vision into what next season is not <laughs> going to be for Celtic. Um, and the and I mean, Starfelt didn't have a great game. Kobayashi had a poor, poor game. Um. I think the pairing of Starfelt and, and Carter Vickers is is one of those ones which is just so nicely balanced in terms of mm. both of their abilities. They both bring out the best in one another, essentially. Um aside from that, the the midfield three are are, are fine. Abada remains a I know there's a, he has moments of, of real quality and real flashes of quality, but again, ultimately I think showed why he's not been a starter this season. O ultimately showed He had a real chance in that game. Um, early doors which um, Kyogo scores it doesn't he, he does scores it yeah McCrone did well but he scores it Jota is quiet but again when the rest of the front line aren't firing the same way it's easier to shut him down the the reason why they're so successful is because of the unit that they are and again guys like Ralston again will remain a Celtic squad player essentially probably for as long as he likes but he just doesn't have the quality, and doesn't have the. You really notice the the, the athleticism that both Juranovic and Johnston brought to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as it's not there, everything's just a bit more sluggish. Everything's not quite in the same way, and it's it's interesting. And I, I think there has be, been more answers for Celtic out of that game than than. Uh, it's like than maybe Postacoglu's.
3: It's sort of like he's almost.
2: As well as that, like, it's, it's difficult to read it's difficult to read that much into it as well, because ultimately I give a fuck. Like, yeah, but I
3: think yeah. it's sort of like you're saying it, it sort of like shows that his decisions have probably been pretty much spot on yeah. all yeah. season. And I think Craig you see, with, with Joah being, I'll give you a chance to to sort of big up your man, but the with Joa not being at his best, a large part of that's probably with, like, Taylor's just been absolutely outstanding behind them all season.
4: Yeah, and I think you notice, like, I, I, Burnaby, I can't decide if he's good or not, but yeah. he's definitely not as good he as can't be Taylor. changing
3: three of the back four yeah, and, and being one of them, yeah.
4: Um, and yeah, there's a lack of support, and Burnaby didn't really seem comfortable being asked to play the position, which is interesting because it was kind of thought, oh, he's been going to be brought into play more of the kind of post style, and Taylor seems to have adapted better. Which, being a former first central midfielder, it shouldn't really be a surprise. And a guy that played right back for Kelly a few times and all the rest of it. But uh, when he, when he broke through, but the the real challenge came on the other side. I did think with with Ralston, like he's got his he's got his uses, but the first fifteen minutes, I lost count the amount of times that mm. uh, Yil- Yilmaz had the freedom of that left mm. flank, and that wasn't helped by. Um, by a art as well, just not not um tracking, not um and maybe he's been asked to cheat because we're seeing that a lot more. But Yelmaz, um it was out. It would actually be difficult to tell if he if he's good or not because he it was every time he was it he didn't have to. He, he just had like forty yards of space mm-hmm. to run into, and then he was you know pulling off uh, cutbacks and stuff which were fine and. There was just a, a lot of that. Um, the fullbacks for for Rangers stood out, both of them. Um, Tavernier um, had a really good game, and, and for Celtic, yeah, the entire the entire backline um, really really was posting missing. And yeah, I think you're right, like having those three changes all at once. But Posticoglu will be using that as an opportunity to see, you know, how these guys have these guys got it. And, and what I thought is that um, the only player that I thought stood out is is playing quite well for Celtic was um, Hatati. In, mm-hmm. uh, in the period that he was he was on the park, and whereas for Rangers he could pick everyone. Are we are we coming around to the idea that Robbie McCrory might not be terrible? Like I honestly, honestly, he's not like, conceding a goal. Like, has the, have they have they played against anyone good? Played, he's played against Celtic twice. That's been like two two <laughs> games. So like in Aberdeen, is yeah. it?
2: <laughs> I'm just not having it. <laughs> I, just, I I really struggle because again, I, I mean, in, in, in I've, seen, I've seen a few folk mention as well. Like Alan McGregor sort of hung around in sort of Rangers second string and was out on loan at Dunfermline and things like that. But again, the, the difference with McGregor, is he went to Dunfermline and was very good um, for them when he was there. Whereas McCrory, it felt like he was doing the, the logical, sensible things of just moving up through the divisions, um, through through his loan moves but then ended up at Levy, and they just all of a sudden like, you're just not this level. And again, he was, he, he remains a young, he was a goal, young goalkeeper. He remains a young goalkeeper. So there's clearly something there, but maybe it's just, maybe he just needs to pay, play for Rangers. Like that's just, that, that's how he needs to <coughs> motivate. Like I'm a Rangers player. Like I'm a I am Rangers goalkeeper. I'm going to be, Alan McGregor for the next 20 well, well, there years
4: was a, there was a wee McGregor moment which was uh, when Abadda tried to um, kind of barge him when he'd already had the ball and I'd, you couldn't really see on the footage what happened but Abadda was like uh, holding his holding his stomach or whatever so it was clear that um, mm-hmm. he'd, he'd left something in on him which is like Alan McGregor's trademark move so he's obviously been picking up something, something from him something in training yeah. and, and <laughs> It's interesting because yeah, he's not young as a footballer, but as a goalkeeper, you know, he could be playing for... Well, if, if McGregor's going to 41, he could be playing for 14 or 15 years. But he's... Um, I don't think he'll be Rangers number one next season, but I do wonder now if he's done enough to put himself into that kind of John McLaughlin position of being... A trusted number two, safe pair of hands. Yeah, like it not like some teams have got a number two that's not trusted, and they'll go to any lengths not to play them. Um, whereas, <laughs> like like Mother will like we've never seen this Oxborough character, right? And, and probably you don't want to. He looks but, like a
2: player.
4: Um, but other clubs, it's like you know your number two is kind of slightly worse than your number one, but might do alright. And and it feels like maybe that's where he's heading. Um,
3: I suppose there's, there's not much else. I mean, Graham, can you talk me through Fashion of goal, please? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, Tony, I, I I honestly can't because what, what, what are we doing? What are we thinking here? What's uh get it was just it was essentially Celtic in a nutshell on a date of just players that you'd rely on, players that you have been by a distance the best team in the league this this season, all just fucking about. Um in McGregor, Starfield, and McGregor, Starfelt, and Jota, like none of them all coming out of it particularly well. Even Joe Hart, well, I understand that as a goalkeeper coming in a one on one, but then I also need to bear in mind that it's also Fashion Sakala, who I don't know. As long I wouldn't it,
3: want to overly commit I'd want to make him think about what he's going to do yeah, I wouldn't want to make yeah. the decision for him exactly I was Sikala. about to
2: say like, yeah. he, the, the last thing fashion Sicala generally needs is more time to think about what he's about to do mm. he's, a, he's a much better instinctive centre forward but again maybe he just made his decision as soon as he got the ball Like I'm just going to take it on my right and take it past him um, he very yeah. nearly missed like, there's not
4: enough yeah, said about
3: was, this. Yeah, yeah. He was trundling like and he really didn't, it was, he didn't it, look confident It was close to the post. <laughs> right. Um, and I mean, do you see the difference? And maybe maybe this should have been done earlier. Like people like Kent and Morello should have just been passed to the side because they, I mean, I know this I know Celtic weren't had nothing to play for, but there's no doubt that the intensity was much better for Rangers there. Everyone looked like they
2: were on the same page. Damned, um, damned, damned if you do and damned if you don't, Tony. If if you, if you, if he, if 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 had gone to to move these, move the players out sooner, then you're essentially potentially seeding the league by doing so. So as soon as the mm. league is actually gone, then you like, well, get them to fuck. It's not a problem anymore. Yeah. The, the
4: these these players, the players that are, players like Sakala are, are not really good enough or really want to be as no. well. So it's like. There's a challenge there of like, do you? Uh-
2: they started. They started to give him Sakala and Matondo. Was certainly like, no, these neither of these players like <laughs> Matondo
3: was still not convincing. I could see the work rate, and again, yeah, but just like fine. both. Of not them, a brain
2: there. Both of them <laughs> are that same sort of second level of Rangers player.
4: <clears throat> no, no you raw. Could- you could have them in a squad, yeah. but uh, like I think Sakala in particular has his qualities. But every time or most of the time when you need to lean on him, uh, if, you, if you're leaning on him, it's like the Baron only fills in horses; like the, the, he's not there to be leaned on. Right. Let's let's go to that's a very easily. dated, very dated. <laughs> research, it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Amy Caravan sitting. Well, listen, let's try to figure out what's going on. Um, let's. Even though I'm sure what her dad just told me about, I'm damn sure he definitely would watch a bit of only fools and horses. But um there was fools and there was horses. I don't know where this is going. I've tried to do something there and it did not work. But there was certainly let's go to Paisley, just just leave it there. Um there was Paisley and Submirin blew a two goal advantage against ten men hearts. Um funny. funny. Really? Yeah, really well quite funny. funny.
2: Funny in a
3: lot of ways. In the end, I actually, probably worked in, in my favour as a Hibs fan, but there was a period where I was getting myself awfully excited, which we'll come to later. But uh, I mean, St. Mirren again, it's, they'll be really, really frustrated because I thought, I actually thought Hearts might have just went there and won simply because I thought St. Mirren's bubble got burst a bit at Easter Road. I thought they would maybe celebrate too much just making the top six and they kind of maybe were going to wind down. But then they, they produce a first half where, going by the highlights, I mean, they were like popping set pieces on top of hearts and they could have been three or four up.
2: But they weren't ultimately. Yeah. I, I, I do agree with you. And like, I understand why why being top six is a very big deal for St. Mirren, as they've been attempting and threatening and doing it for quite a while now. And they've had some times that are significantly rougher than that but again you're you're just a decent team with good players you I did kind of feel and I realise I sound like Tom English complaining about them celebrating about staying up and and talking about things but you've still got another five games to play where you still had the opportunity to do something somewhat more remarkable than this and it kind of feels like it's just sort of winding down quietly, and they've had some injuries as well. I think the the loss of Watt has been a, a real blow for them as well because he just added a, a different level of threat in their centre forwards. Well, I do, and depth to the team the yeah, squad, I do like Alex Grievy more than anything. He's a, he's a game footballer, but I, I'm kind of I'm not sure he's quite at that, that level of quality. He's, he's, just, he's in the Simon Murray mode, isn't ah, he? Aye, ah, aye. Um, and Curtis always got a shift out of but Watt just adds up. Level of ability and qualities, centre forward, and the loss of him is, is a big one in there. But the rest of the team are all playing well. It just feels that like they just kind of dropped the intensity, and that's a big part of any Stephen Robinson team. As someone like a no no fine well, Stephen Robinson's teams work really well when there is a level of intensity and a level of drive with them. And as soon as it drops off, just from 100% to 90%, 80% is when you get yourself into trouble. And that's ultimately what you saw from St. in that second half. And they just let it, let the game ever so slightly get away from them. Because in the
3: first half, it sounded like, and a guy who's had an unbelievable season under Steve Robinson Craig, Alex Gogic was not just doing his usuals, what we've come to expect from him, especially in the St Mirren team this season, but he was utterly dominating the ball and dominating the game and spraying the ball about from everything I've read.
4: Yeah, and I think he, we've seen him do that for Aki's particularly. I know he didn't do it much at Hibs and he's not really been asked to do it that often at St Mirren because he's, he's often been asked to play a more limited role and done it pretty well. But yeah, you know he's a guy who when he's when he's kind of confident, he, he can really, and especially against the Hearts team that i have got, to, to use a Craig Tilford word, a, a bit of a Mimsy quality to them at the moment. Um, they, they, There's really a lack of spine to the Hearts team. As that it midfield, it does
3: nothing for me whatsoever. It's all just
4: like pretend players in there. So, so you, players. So you're, you're able to stick a guy in there who's just going to run about and control everything and, and do it both as a defender and a midfielder almost and kind of just be the guy who's your kind of linchpin of the team and, and Gogic is good at that like it's one of his biggest um, biggest qualities and yeah you you saw that when you saw St Mirren racing into a, a two goal lead you thought you know here, here we go like maybe they've still got it in them and then I don't know what, what flicked for them but it just... Uh, it just started to... I mean, and they got they got some good fortune in that first half, especially because that, that free kick <laughs> that the Strain scores um, badly defended, the wall was terrible and, and mm. Clark should do better. But um, the... Sibic! Oh, uh, Sibic both goals, I think pretty... The, the wall splits, so there's the, yeah. the height that the ball goes in at. Like that, There's a reason you don't see many free kicks going into almost the bottom <laughs> corner, because it's like... That height, because they're giving them praise for getting up and over. Didn't really get up and over. You just got, you just got kind of through. Yeah, Um, but it wasn't a free kick. Um, Hill Hill comes through and and takes the ball when the header, and and I don't know what. um, I I don't know what the referee was watching a lot of the afternoon, in in all honesty. But um, it was. so they got a wee bit of fortune out of that, and you thought, right, this is your chance. Then to they got a the bit day. of fortune
3: later as well, absolutely. With, with obviously yeah, the red yeah. card as well. So like everything in the games went their way. They had an intense first half. They're 2 and a lot, and they still let it slip. It's really, really difficult to go. because from what I've read and, and speaking to the some of the some of our Hearts friends, they weren't like Hearts. It didn't feel like Hearts like were knocking on the door and asking tons of questions. It does sound kind of like a it's a good old fashioned balling.
4: And and yeah, and hearts have to be fair. The hearts have come back from from a couple of goals behind mm, more than times. once this season. Like um, and and that shows a bit of character, and it shows like a team that still has something about them. Because I don't think I don't think they've they've gotten terrible overnight. They're just substantially worse than they were last season. Um, and probably they've had a bit more competition this season. Like. There are probably hips are better, more well, clearly better than last season. Aberdeen clearly better than last season. St. Mirren clearly better than last season mm. are putting a bit of pressure on them. And what they were, the fact they were able to still dig that out and probably keep themselves favourites for 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 fourth place at least is as um, as character. But they they obviously got away with as a penalty. But it's like what what are you doing? Like Ryan Flynn, like why, Ryan Flynn, why are you still a Premiership player? Is the first thing first, I thought. First right. things he, first. He got, new, <laughs> he got a new contract again, and, and no harm to him. I know why. I know why clubs keep players that come around because they're, they're part of the furniture, they've Been there a long time. They're good professionals. They keep everything right. He works very hard. There's probably many players in all of our own clubs that that have that same quality. You've got like like Lewis Stevenson or someone or, or Rory McKenzie or these players who. If you, if you want to isolate how good they actually are as a footballer these days, on the premiership level, probably not, but they bring a lot.
3: Stevenson, De- Stevenson's are by far still our best left back. <laughs> nah, I don't
0: that's, think I said that's much, funny, though. Sorry,
2: that's a diff- this is a
0: different discussion. Uh,
4: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, to give away like such a stupid foul in that situation. Mm, um, in the 96th uh, minute. The game's away. Wee- I, I was already halfway at the train station like when, um, mm. I, I kind of, you know, that way like usually the the end of the game because you're concentrating on your own game finishing you miss full-time scores coming through yeah, so yeah. I kind of had in my head what all the full-time scores for the Premiership were and then I got the wee buzz on my phone when I was like halfway up to, um, halfway up to the station like oh well, hearts have penalty heart oh what I. a shock um, <laughs> but I, I, I it will be a major disappointment I think it, it can actually set you back a bit when you when you get into the top six and it's just don't win games and then there's a good chance they're not going to win a single game after the split and then you're finishing the season where like I think it would be seven games without a win if they don't win one of their post-split games and that's got the potential to hang over it's just a bit of a downer more than anything else Yeah, yeah, I've experienced it a few times. Also, just not a red card, just not a. It was not. Let's not
2: waste any time. Yeah, definitely, uh. like, because
4: I've seen people saying it's like a professional foul and an attempt to take him down in that. As in, like, even just like they're not still saying it's a red card, but they're saying like, oh, you know, he's just he's just trying to. Uh, he's actually like a. He's when he makes to start the tackle, he is going after the ball. Like he, mm-hmm. he, there's still an opportunity to win the ball with that tackle, which sets it apart from some of these. Now he's, he's very late and, and it's clearly a yellow card. It's clearly, a, um, it's clearly it's that. It's it's spot
3: standard yellow card. Now, there's, no, there's no aspect <laughs> of
4: it which could possibly... I've got much more sympathy with one that which I, I, we had a bit of debate about. But like oh, Lundstrom won it at Easter Road earlier in the season mm. where the player is going away from him and his only intention is to, to swing kill. a leg and take the player out. And, and mm. he's not trying to win the ball. He's nowhere near the ball. He's just deliberately fouling a player and he's kicking him. And I can understand I would Buffy like those to, yeah. like to be red cards. Doesn't matter about that. The Haring the one, he's going for the ball. Yeah, he, he misses it, but it's not, the, it's not in the <laughs> His same His leg ball. doesn't even yeah. raise from the top of the ground. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what the referee's saying and, and how it cannot be considered a, the error for VR. Yeah, I just don't get it. Um, but we, we don't need to spend any more time on that. No, but.
3: no. But just every single week, it's always a problem. We know it's shit. Um... Right, Great. Where should we go next? Shall we go to Petodre or shall we
2: l- talk a little bit about Kevin Van Veen? Uh, let's 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 leave uh Aberdeen Hibbs with zero goals to the to the very end. Fair uh, play.
3: Just, let's just, bring just, me I through. Should... Let's bring me through Kevin Van Veen and Sir Johnston continuing their absolutely
2: atrocious home form. Uh to say it be fair, right? In the first half, St. Johnston were really good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought St. Johnston were I thought St. Johnston really good in the first half and you could you could see like the difference between what Callum Davidson St Johnston was and what uh Stephen McLean's is St. Johnston is. And ultimately like the position that St Johnston are in and the, the club is for sale, the I think the board are essentially all leaving at the end of the season. It will be Stephen McLean that is going to be managing St. Johnston for the foreseeable, you would assume unless you're going to do it like the... <laughs> Nobody's going to come in and tell him to leave, so unless, I'll just keep uh, doing it. <laughs> unless you're going to do the Sam Allardyce and appoint somebody for like three games or something like that, like it's, it's going to be Stephen for foreseeable. And then on the basis of the first half, wasn't great, but still better than Davidson. Um, and you're looking at it, do you know what? I can actually kind of see what we're trying to do here. I felt like there was a bit of logic behind it. Not a huge amount of chances out of it, but ultimately, like, yeah, I can, I can see what's happening here and I can see what we're trying to do. It looked like a better team. Um second half came back out from the from the break and just didn't didn't play uh, whatsoever. The last maybe five, ten minutes um they, they kind of came out in order to go and try and get a result and it's much kind of much like um much like Dundee United um as well. like they, they just feel like they just need something and they it feels like a bit of a worry for them, and they just cannot get the, they just can't get themselves safe, and particularly I was talking about momentum with Ross County and, and, and Kilmarnock as well. They've probably got enough already to ensure the playoff at worst, but that really we want to be for the second year on the roll with our manager, that's a rookie. Not massively, especially after seeing what Partick Thistle are doing and teams that are in the playoff. I wouldn't fancy playing. I would if it was St John's to be Partick Thistle. Scott's, I'd be edging towards Partick Thistle Scott right Tiffany now. Scott Tiffany versus that St Johnston back line feels like a, a, an accident waiting to happen. If you're a St Johnston fan, Um just a really poor, poor second half performance and like. McLean's doing things that I don't, I, I just don't really understand, and that we've all seen all season long. What you desperately need is uh, Stevie May to have a strike partner. <laughs> uh, the, 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 by a distance, their best their best performances this season were where Stevie May was standing beside Nicky Clark. And fair play, Clark's injury, there's not much you can do about it, but you have Rudden on the bench, you have Bayer on the bench as a limited player, but as v- a target man. Chris play, Kane's say, back. Chris Kane came on and was. The best attacking option by a distance for the, the the short time that he was on the pitch. Uh, one more things contested, more things. Rudden. again, you'll get a shift out when he maybe start to link up with me at all. But you know, Phillips and McPherson, well, just the same as what Craig Craig talks about with with Doidge and
3: Vassell. It's, Absolutely, it's not always talking about brilliant players. It's nope. about how do I maximise what I've got and yep. how do I benefit me? Still a still a quality has quality in his in his ability. So let's put in the 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 sort of parts that allow him to get to his best yep. because it, it, you're talking about what, what you're going to lose.
2: You're going to lose like
3: Graham Carey in centre mid. You know, you're not, it's not like you're like, oh, I don't know about
2: that. Like, Partic- particularly it. as well when you look at it, like Jamie Murphy offered nothing. Uh. He's, as a player at this level, he is, I, I don't think he's got another season in him to do it. um Build the midfield, make it solid, go with a, with a midfield, a sort of tight midfield four, and look at like Phillips, McPherson, maybe Carey, and maybe Wallerspoon in there as well. And just, then you've at least got some players that can hold the ball and move the ball. Phillips, looks like, a decent player, but also looks a bit naive. Like, doesn't, it looks like a guy that's not played an awful lot of first team football, but you'll get a shift out of him at the very least. But just stick somebody next to me and just do the same. Like, because you could go long to Bear, man. You can even just go back to front with someone just, like Bear. Just kind of felt it's just trying too hard. Um, trying too hard to do things, and again, the. the, the do you the think biggest... that happens when you have a, a new young manager like
3: like McLean? Because like you, you, it's your first time managing, and you don't want people to think that you're sort of like quite rudimentary, just, maybe a bit like you don't you this, don't want to
2: get at, a. At this point, just be rudimentary. Doesn't matter. Like, and again, it's <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the it's the biggest it's the biggest compliment that I I can pay Stephen uh, to Stewart Kettle, Stephen Kettlewell Stuart Kettlewell is that he came and looked at the the. Thirty or so bodies we've got, and went right. Who do who's good at what, and then well, let's make the absolute most out of all. I and mean, that's all we've seen from him. It's highlighting people's uh, positives and try to hide their deficiencies as best you can. That's that that's
4: his experience well. as a top flight manager, yeah. like as well that like, you know he's a young manager, but he's had um, you know, he's had that experience with his time time at County before, and there, there's an aspect of um, yeah, mother will didn't change dramatically it wasn't like they it wasn't like they try to reinvent the wheel it was just like let's get a guy who builds confidence in those players and does the rest of it and, and that's the difference with, with Saints and like they're they're going to be I mean they they um coming to rugby park for the third, third time which obviously they, they weren't probably the best pleased about having having obviously been well beaten the first time they came in and having for, been fortunate to get a draw um, with, with the, the, the Considine non-penalty decision the last time that's a massive game for them because if, if Kelly win uh, then we go above St Johnston and, and all of a sudden you know the, depending on what happens in the other games they could easily be in the bottom two Um, two games to go and that's the point where your panic can set in and that, that's a worry I don't know what it holds for them because they are a team who who have constantly just picked up a win, um, just when they needed it, and and probably they do just need one. But it's easy. Just there only are three games left, there's only a week of football left. Like it's not, any team can lose three games. Like any of the any of those teams can lose three games in the in the next week. Even uh, you know like, anyone.
2: Livingston Livingston in Perth on the final day feels terrifying because like the. They command. They they could. They could. command come like away. County away. Both feel like things that like uh, County away on a Wednesday night. Like who fucking wants it? Like nobody wanted that. Um. And then Livingston at home on the final day. Like ultimately, that probably would be enough to keep them safe if they beat Livy in the final day. It's it's weird that Livy are going to have it while well, having nothing to play for. Are going to have such a potentially huge, huge bear. And what I would say from a Motherwell perspective is that. Mikel Mandron is up there with one of the weirdest footballers that I've we've had in a while. Oh, he's, uh, 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 our, uh, our good pal Amy was explaining that he was just uh, like an absolute ball of energy at full time, just absolutely buzzing to get his goal. And you could see when he'd scored, all the team were delighted for him. Um he was good. He is weird. Like I can't make up my mind. He's one of these guys in the same sort of mold as like some uh, somebody like Connor Salmon, who you look at and go, You're a giant, going and win headers. Which he can do to a degree, but it's not really his faulty. Like getting the ball into his feet and taking people on. And we got both of them obviously scored the second one, but the where we won the penalty all kind of stemmed from him turning on a sixpence um, and, and striding away from a couple of St Johnston players in the middle of the park as well. And there's something there. Um, I don't know whether it's the sort of body we can carry for next season, but I can't decide whether he's good, bad, and indifferent. He's a really odd footballer, but holding up the ball. With your knee at about head height for any other human being is worth of note. Hello, uh,
1: this is uh the, the, this is the the second part of Monday's Terrace Scottish Football Podcast episode. There was an issue with uh, with audio, so m- me, Joel Sked, not part of the original Monday podcast, has uh, has been joined by Tony to talk about hips now. Sorry, Aberdeen now. Hibs now uh, as a wee amended end to this uh, this podcast. So Tony, you watched it, and I believe you were very happy with what you saw with Hibs, albeit frustrated with the outcome.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a fair way to put it. Um, it's, it was very frustrating because it's the first time uh, something I've been interested with Hibs. Really, in the last sort of month or so, is that Hibs seem to have got better the more we've got towards. The sort of business end, which is unusual in itself, um, sort of a penalty kick away there from beating sort of our three closest rivals for the positions that we want to, to finish in, uh, in really, really close proximity to each other. Um, so there's a lot of positive take that. I mean, there was that you, you could argue that's possibly outside the six nil, which has its own sort of it's on a different island from the rest of the games this season, in my opinion. That's probably like Hibbs' most complete performance, full 90 minutes in complete control from start to finish, going to sort of like probably one of the toughest away grounds we could possibly go to in the season. And I I, I don't think Aberdeen had a shot on target for for 90 minutes. And Hibbs just had the, it felt like Hibbs just had the ball constantly. Ball's coming in. Will Fish would sort of bully Mayovsky out the way, win the ball back, roll it back, get it wide. C.G. Egan Riley just had Duke on toast for, for the 90 minutes. Duke eventually just got injured it, it just it, because, you know, Duke's like doesn't really fancy it sometimes. <laughs> and, and and then the full midfield, I mean, Clarkson and, and Ramadani, they were fully fully boxed in by Joe Newell, Jago and Campbell. And it's just a shame that despite you and getting so much joy out wide, the Hibs weren't able to to get the ball in. But yeah, overall I have to say I was surprised that Hibs were able to put quite such a convincing
1: performance together in a crunch match in such a, a difficult venue. Are you surprised? You mentioned your surprise there. Was that was that more to do with Hibs themselves uh, from what you've seen or was it to do with Aberdeen, do you expect it better? Or as always, a bit of both?
3: It, it, as always, a bit of both. I, I, did, um, I did get a bit of a surprise. I, I was trying to Calm my my sort of happiness down at the start because I know that Aberdeen don't specifically want to have the ball all the time. Mm -hmm. So it took me a good 25 minutes before I really started to warm into going, Hibs are really, really on top here. Uh, Because I thought, again, you're trying to push past. Is this a tactical thing? Are Hibs just being allowed to have the ball but then I was like, no, I don't think Aberdeen are gonna be like completely happy with Hibs just having the ball constantly winning the ball every time it goes forward and getting down the sides so much. I think it was more rather than just dominating the ball, it was the positions Hibs were getting in. They were able to isolate the fullbacks with, especially with with Yuan on one side. And that can't be a, a game plan for, for Aberdeen to to allow that to happen. Um, and as I said, it was just the the control. And the sort of tactical control that, that Hibbs seemed to have under the game. They never looked ru- like they never looked under stress at any point. They never got overly excited at any point. It didn't seem they got too frustrated. I mean, they were making chat. I mean, the penalty comes in like the, the 78th minute, and that's coming from like a series of hit the Hibbs hit the woodwork three times. And I thought that it might calm down a bit in the second half, but
1: it, it, it didn't really. I mean, the, I would argue that Hibbs' chances got better. In the I'll, second half well watching so I've, I've i've seen i've seen the first i've seen the six uh first 65 minutes and um i'm not up to the point i've only up to the point where uh, johan cuts in and rattles the post mm-hmm. up to uh, in in that period from half time up until then hibbs i think stepped up from the first half i mm-hmm. think the, the, the first half was uh was was, was noticeable in that hibbs control of the ball but like you said aberdeen are kind of um they're not. I wouldn't say they're standoffish But they don't want to uh, Particularly dominate Dominate possession So That wasn't a, uh, That wasn't Much of a surprise But I think the the surprise Was just how um, How little Aberdeen had The ball in dangerous areas mm. you, uh, Especially You saw Like Mioski and Duke The first for The first time real, real time this season Or on uh, Robson They played separate From each other They looked like mm. they, were, they were a lot wider And then um, The uh, and then on the flip side The back three Seem to really struggle To deal with Kevin Nisbet Just as moving Because he was dropping in uh, He was mm. dropping in a lot To He's link He's a lot of fouls Kevin Yes uh, Angus Macdonald especially I think uh, three or four And But I just think I, I, I just think that Once You saw you, saw you Angus I, I, I know I've seen yourself uh, And a few others mentioned about How good you and was And um, Watching the first half I was like kind of waiting for him to come alive, but he slowly. It's almost like once he felt like right, this is this is this game is here for me to win, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he he really stepped up. And I think he really noticed in the second half was something that johan has been guilty of is his decision making. His decision making, his, his decisions were really really good. He wasn't mm-hmm. holding on to the ball too long. He was committing uh, Coulson, and then he was shifting the ball and getting it back and moving. And it's uh, it just like it was a really. It was, uh, the last couple of weeks. You've seen a really uh, like a maturity in Yuan against mm-hmm. Marin. It was the defensive sense, and then on 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 Saturday, there was just uh, it was like he was taking more responsibility.
3: Yeah, I think I think he's he's moving into. Um, I may get laughed at here, but I think that there's a there's a possibility that Yuan has a sort of Duke season next season. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that is a, a a a major possibility where he hits the talents there. Yeah, definitely. And now the application used to be there, and and I said, people people don't really like to give Johnson credit, and 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 I get, I'm not Johnson's biggest fan, although I have to admit, since the turn of the year, I think I am being uh, I am being turned around on that. I mean, the January the January business in itself has been really good. You can see exactly what kind of team that we that we want to be over time, and like I said, he's he's sort of moving us away from. Not being able to, to be able to perform in in big games, and now with Hibs having the director of football there already in place, and the clearly the willingness to spend a bit of money for the for the right player and and, and bringing you in, I think there is something to get behind at Hibs now, and it seems to be that things have settled a bit, and there seems to be there was always there was always a lack of trust, there was always a lack of trust that people knew what they were doing in certain uh, certain positions, and I don't want to get this podcast to to, to tend into that. But I think with Johnson and McDermott there, and a bit of money to spend, and already with the nucleus of a team ready to go, and you and after a year, I think there's a there's there's a lot to get pretty excited about it, Hibs and continuity, man. Like I mean, everyone else is like Hearts will be pretty much starting afresh. There's no guarantees when that happens, um, and obviously Robson will have to have a good go, but it's still his first his first ever transfer window. Yeah. These, these, these things aren't guaranteed. So right now, I'm thinking, this maybe looks all right, an all right position for Hibs to, to sort of blend into and uh,
1: in something that, that the, team, the fans can get behind. I'll, I'll, look, I'll look at it before we kind of move on to Aberdeen and finish on name because I'm wary of, uh, you, you need to go by... Yeah, kids, yeah, I mean, I um, them, so. Just uh, with with Hibbs, you can look. You, you see the team there, and yeah, everyone's kind of stepped up. And there's you said know, there's a nucleus there, but uh, obviously you'll have to replace Will Fish uh, or keep try and keep Will Fish or uh, Egan Wiley, yeah, who were yeah, both like that.
3: The back four were outstanding, and that that's yeah. really looking like really solid. That 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 four guys there. So you, I mean, he said that he wants to keep them, but I, I imagine it won't. That won't be easy.
1: Yeah, if and if you look at some of the other individuals who have been key players. You're looking at Joe Newell, uh, Jago, uh, Campbell and uh, Chris Cadden. There are players who, with the right money, with the, the money that's available, should be quite easy to get an upgrade on. I know mm-hmm. they've done really well. I know they've done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, uh, Aberdeen, I think you really noticed yesterday how, uh, sorry, on Saturday, how thin... Aberdeen squad is When you actually Mm. Take out a couple Of key players So you had Ryan Duncan A promising talent Had a couple Of decent moments But uh, taking him out And uh, Sorry bringing him in And taking uh, Graham Schinney out uh, Aberdeen kind of Missed that disruptive Force Then you've got Ross McCrory uh, Driving force From white wing back Then they drop off To Hayden Coulson And then Mm. you've got Duke coming uh, Like uh, You've got players Like uh, like Shaden Morris Came on Jaden Richardson Came on um, Dylan Markandy Came on the there's a there's a depth issue at uh, at Aberdeen which is which is a bit of an issue because they spent a decent amount of money. <laughs> yeah, on that's what I was going to say. There's no reason it, for that. To no, be the case. I know. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's obviously um, like Johnson, uh, like Johnson, and uh, he's stuck. Who's 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 is uh, doing it? But something like you mentioned, Robson is first real transfer window, and he's, he's still maybe not have to make massive improvements to the starting eleven, but definitely to the depth.
3: Yeah, he needs to get... Um, I mean, in terms of p- performances for Aberdeen, which were really, really thin on the ground, that was the worst I'd seen Clarkson by quite yep. some distance. I mean, he was popping the ball at the pitch. Uh, it was after, I mean, me and you sat here well, last week and we were, we were really, really went good, big on big on Clarkson. And I always like that because I had my friends watch a game <laughs> when hims are playing. I'm like, are you sure? This guy's <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> um, so he was... and I mean, so I, I think McDonald overall... Like yeah, he struggled a bit, this bit, but he had a decent game. He stuck with it uh, and, and 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 held on to it. And, I, and and I've been impressed with McDonald overall. I really didn't fancy when I saw the sign at first. That was not for me. And and I don't I don't want to keep bringing mm. this up because it, it's unfair. There's more to him. But like a guy re- recovering from cancer who's had a really really poor season in the English lower leagues is getting a bit older. You're like, mm, there's a lot of red flags here on a guy coming in. It's Scottish football, but he's done. So well, and he's yep. blended in really well and in his physicalities. He he looks like he enjoys that side of the game, which is obviously a big bonus. It's a center half there. And and obviously we can't not talk about Rus. I mean, it's he's his whole performance, he saves from Yuan, from he saves from the one close range for Um when he when he manages to close his legs. I was certain that was a goal when Yuan rolled that across. Yeah. And then the the penalty, don't get me wrong, I mean I was wasn't he happy when I saw this, but taking it? I don't know how many times we have to go through this, especially in, in big games. Um, I think off the top of my head, he's missed against Celtic at home. He missed against Hearts in the in the semi-final of the Cup. And now here, and it's a weak, weak penalty. If you're going to go down the middle, it needs pace or it needs to be lifted. It can't just be passed down the middle. But Roos is still a massive save and a big moment in his development from... When he first came in,
1: where I really wasn't sure about him, like, yeah, there's, uh, I think even Aberdeen fans were kind of suspicious of him. Yeah. I was suspicious of him, especially crossball, command area, but he's been brilliant. Ah, and he
3: looks really confident now. He was talking about obviously Nisbet trying to get in his head and he was just really comfortable with that. I don't know. You never know how much they believe in this, but let him, let him go on and print some legend if he likes, fair enough. Uh, and then, but he's, um, yeah, and he's been outstanding. So that's just another one. So that shows that the, the hit rate, not so bad. For Aberdeen in the in the transfer market with Ramadani Clarkson Mayoski, I know me and you aren't fans, but I can't deny that he's
1: he's, he's certainly yeah. been handy. Just and stick then do, s- there's... S- stick to the foreign market. Don't don't yeah. don't go down to England. I, the, yeah. I know they got roost from England, but uh, just just uh, the hit rate from Europe has been a hell of a lot better than uh, some jobbers from the National League and uh, lower <laughs> leagues in England. Maybe listen and give Michael Beale. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, right. I think that's as good a place to leave it, Joey. Yes, perfect. Thank you very much, right. Tony, for joining me this this morning. And 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 go and get. I, I don't know if you get a taxi, you getting picked up. There's don't a there's a, motor, up. there's a motor coming to get to, to collect you and take you to school. So that's good. <laughs> and um, yeah, thanks very much for everyone listening. This is a bit of a weird uh, podcast, but I reckon it's worked. Thank yeah, you very thank much. All. Cheers. Goodbye.